How's everyone doing today? Welcome back to another episode of The Banker Next Door. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Burquist. Uh, today, I figured as kind of the year-end uh, celebration we're getting into, I just wanted to do a quick discussion on the national debt. I figured it was probably a, a good way to, to end the year. Um, couple other things. Uh, so I have been trying to stick to a regular schedule of posting the episodes on Sunday, but because tomorrow is New Year's Eve, I figured I'd get a couple of uh, episodes uh, posted today, Saturday, uh, just so hopefully people can kind of enjoy those over the, uh, the longer New Year's Eve uh, weekend, as it were, right now. So I'll have this episode. I'm going to have like a year-end recap episode, and then I'm going to uh, hopefully have an, an interview that I just did uh, with a gentleman named Kent Kirby from a company called Abrigo, uh, all about uh, you know loan automation and what banks are doing around that topic. Um, so hopefully some some good topics there to end the year here that people will like. But uh, let's get into a short conversation here on the national debt. So. What I have here, I brought up, this is the, the U.S. Debt Clock. Uh, you can go here to usdebtclock.org and check this out. It's a really fascinating website. But a couple of things I wanted to point out. So our national debt, you can see in the top left-hand corner here, is uh, getting very close to hitting an all-time high of $34 trillion. If you go down to the lower right-hand column, you're going to see U.S. unfunded liabilities are currently sitting at $212 trillion. Um, when, uh, so when, when a lot of the national outlets are talking about the national debt, obviously that $34 trillion is the big number that they focus on. But I think a much more important number to focus on is that U.S. unfunded liabilities, which again, currently stand at $212 trillion. Now, what is that? That is Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, it's all of the things that the government is on the hook for paying, but hasn't had to pay out yet because those things are paid out over the course of many years and uh, decades to come. So, but still, uh, you the the I think the point here is to get a magnitude of the debt that is is basically on the nation's back right now. Another thing I'd like to point out here is in on the left hand side, if you can see my little tiny mouse right there. Currency and credit derivatives. Now, I want you to hold hold on to yourself here for a minute. $637 trillion in derivatives are out there right now. I mean, that's just a, um, it's just such a, a, a stupid number that it's, it's not even fathomable. Uh, and that, <laughs> that's something to be highly, highly concerned about because when you think back to, um, where derivatives were back in like 07, 08, before we had the Great Recession. Uh, I mean, this just dwarfs dwarfs that number. Uh, I mean, so so that's and, and that's something I'm really going to be hitting on and talking about in the new year is basically derivatives. I have a gentleman that's going to be coming on who deals in derivatives contracts to to kind of talk about that and get get more in depth on that. Um, so again, as, as you go up here, a lot of great numbers on this thing to look at. You know, you've got you know debt per state. Uh, debt per citizen, you know, kind of like local debt, um, you know, so a lot of interesting numbers and just things here to kind of that are very, you know, thought provoking and things to, to look at. But I think at the end of the day, what we have to get back to is we have to get back to some kind of fiscal sanity here. The national debt has to get brought back under control. And, and, and why do I say that? Okay, so let's go in here. I want to show you a couple things. Now we're going to look at the FRED database. Uh, one of my favorite, again, is if you've watched some of the other episodes, you'll know I like going to the Fred a lot. 
so here we have a chart showing the total public debt as a percentage of gross domestic product. And you can see here, if we go back to 07, you know, we were sitting at, at 08, 07, we're sitting at 62, 67%, you know, uh, per, you know, debt to GDP, which is actually a pretty good number. That's actually not too bad, but you can, I mean, you can see starting at around 1980, you know, 1980, we were in great shape. We were at like 31% debt to GDP. We had a ton of room to grow. Uh, you know, the, you know, just, there was a, uh, there was a there was a lot of road in front of us in terms of the amount of debt that we could take on to put that money to work to try to grow the economy. Um, and then, like I said, in 2007, 2008, we're still looking good. But then 08, the great the um, great recession hits and that starts to balloon up. Now we're up to about 82 percent and then quantitative easing kicks in. Um, this just absolute debt binge that is kicked off by the Fed kicks in on Wall Street and and the spending in Washington. And we just, the national debt just goes through the roof. And now we get to the pandemic of 2020. We're sitting at 106% debt to GDP. That means we've gone over 100% now. We're now over 100%. And this is before the pandemic even hit. This is before, before the pandemic even hit. Then the pandemic hits and we skyrocket up to 30, 132% debt to GDP is what where the debt skyrockets up to, um, which is just, I mean, an astronomical amount. Now that number has come back down over the last couple of years, but we are still sitting at 120%. As of today, we're sitting at 120% debt to GDP. Um, those, those numbers, are, they're not sustainable. Uh, we just, we just can't keep doing this. We can't keep plowing just trillions of dollars in debt on top of it. Um, the problem is, is it, does this impact us right this minute um, in terms of our everyday lives? No, it doesn't. But what will it do to our, you know, the generations ahead of us, to our, to our grandkids, our great grandkids, uh, the next three, four, five generations that come of us, um, they're going to be, they're going to be mired in debt. They're going to be drowning in debt. And it's, and it's going to impact them in a, in a very severe way if we don't continue to get or, or don't even attempt to get this under control at this point. Um, so now let me go to, I want to go to Investopedia. And on Investopedia, another website I like a lot. Now I want to talk about, this is the, the debt to GDP ratio, the formula and what it can tell you. So let's go down here and take a look at this. So the debt to GDP ratio is the ratio of a country's public debt to its gross domestic product. The debt to GDP ratio can also be interpreted as the number of years it would take to pay back the debt if GDP was used for repayment. In addition, the higher the debt to GDP ratio, the less likely the country will pay back its debt and the higher its risk of default, which could cause a financial panic in the domestic and international markets. So in other words, the higher up you go, the more the risk that you're gonna default and you know, things are gonna get very bad. Now, the US, has been able to get away with a lot because why? We are the world reserve. The U.S. dollar is the world reserve currency. The majority of transactions transacted around the world are done in U.S. dollars. Now that has 
come down a lot from where it was. I mean, I think if you go back to the, the 80s and 90s, we were probably, uh, you know, somewhere between 80 and 90 percent of all transactions around the world were conducted in U.S. dollars. Now that's probably down to 60 percent, maybe even a little below 60 percent. I'd have to, to look that number up, but it's but it's it's coming down and it's putting us in jeopardy because if you fall below 50 percent, uh, then now you're starting to risk that that dominance of the dollar being the you know losing that status as the the, the world reserve currency uh which would change all of our lives forever uh, because if you look at the history of the world there i believe there are eight instances of countries that had the dominant currency in the world and lost it and none of them ever got it back they never got it back so you you kind of you have that fall from grace there's no going back from that um, and there's a lot of economic calamity that then ensued upon every single one of those countries. Uh, a lot of hardships, a lot of tough times. So it did, that's why it's so important that we get this under control. So now, but let's go, let's keep going down here. So um, what the debt to GDP ratio can tell you, you know, when a country defaults on its debt, it often triggers financial panic in domestic and international markets alike. As a rule, the higher a country's debt to GDP ratio climbs, the higher its risk of default becomes. So now let's go down here. So what is now this leads us to the crux of the thing. What is good versus bad debt to GDP ratio? So a study by the World Bank found that countries whose debt to GDP ratios exceeded 77% for prolonged periods experienced significant slowdowns in economic growth. Uh, pointedly, every percentage point of debt above this level uh, cost countries 0.017 percentage points in economic growth. This phenomenon is even more pronounced in emerging markets, where each additional percentage point of debt over 64% annually slows growth by 0.02%. So why is it more pronounced in emerging markets? Because they are not the dominant world reserve currency. So like I said, we have the dominant reserve currency, so we get away with a lot. The key number there exceeds 77%. If go back to what I said earlier, where were we back in 07 and 08? We were about 62, 66% debt to GDP ratio. And that's why I said it was we were in a good spot. It wasn't a bad place to be. Uh, things were still running very, very well. And we had we had some room to grow if we if we needed to. Uh, now we're sitting at 120% GDP debt to GDP. We are so far beyond that 77%. We are we are now at a critical point where things could turn really bad. And then to strike home on the point of what I just said, so the US has had a debt to GDP of over 77% since the first quarter of 2009. To put these figures into perspective, the US uh the, the US's highest debt to GDP ratio was previously uh, previously 106% what I just mentioned at the end of World War II in 1946. And again, it was also there in 2020, just before the pandemic hit. So, so twice we've been up to that 106%. Now, you go back to World War II and it's like, yeah, we had to fund the largest war in the history of the world. Uh, not, not a small thing, not a small task. Uh, but then after the war was over, you know, we we the country made a point. That the, Here's the key thing. They made a point to bring the debt to GDP down to bring the national debt way, way down. So by the time that we got to 1980, we were sitting at like 32% debt to GDP. Uh, right now, you don't have anyone 
in Congress trying to even even attempt to come forward and say, hey, here's a plan for for trying to get the national debt back in line. Um, and so let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at some special considerations here. So the countries and regions with the 10 largest holdings of U.S. Treasuries as of September 23 are as follows. Japan, 1.1 trillion. China, 770, 778 billion. And then the United Kingdom, 668 billion. So very interesting thing happened. Who doesn't want to buy our treasuries right now? Oh, that's right. It's Japan and China don't want to buy our treasuries right now. We're starting to have a hard time selling our treasuries. The last couple of treasury auctions, the treasury itself had to step in and buy the treasuries to keep things moving along, to keep our markets moving along. Um, I'm, and I'm going to get into a very uh, deep conversation uh, in some of the next uh, podcast episodes that I'm going to do here in January about you know corporate debt and about what has transpired since 2008. Um the Fed has done a lot of damage to our economy since 2008 by, by doing the things that they've done. And that requires a very deep conversation and one that I'm going to get into. But what I wanted to point out to, to everybody today, oh, and then, oh, and the, the last thing here, my one of my favorites, uh, modern monetary theory. Uh, I can't wait to, uh, to go off and kind of rant on modern monetary theory. I think that is one of the biggest joke uh, monetary theories that has ever been uh, basically put out there. Uh, I, you know, it, it's so, so let's read for a second here. What does it say here? Modern monetary theory suggests sovereign countries do not need to rely on taxes or borrowing for spending since they can just print. They can just print as much as they need. Since their budgets are not constrained, such as the case with regular households, that which is, that's a total fallacy right there. Uh, their policies are not shaped by fears of rising national debt. Uh, that whole thing, that that entire paragraph there is just a, a whole bunch of hogwash garbage. And the again, like I said, the only reason we have been able to get away with the position that we're in is because of the fact that we have the world reserve currency. That that goes away. All this modern monetary garbage goes goes right out the window. And the realities of a ridiculous amount of debt, uh, the the um, economic consequences of that with the with defaults with with all you know all kinds of things at the at the local level the state level uh your your county your township level your state level your federal government level um could all just be you know like a domino effect so uh so yeah and i'm, I'm going to spend a little bit of time again in the new year talking about modern monetary theory and 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 you know again why i i i really uh just cringe every time i every time i hear this so but, uh, but like I said, I, I wanted to, to point this out to everybody because I want everybody to try to have an understanding of where we are right now with the national debt, what is going on with that. And I hope, I, I really do hope that uh, some people in our government and Congress will, will basically step forward and say, hey, here's a plan to start to reduce spending. Here's a plan to try to get the G. Let, let's just get the GDP. Let's just get it back to 100%. Let's get it back to 100%. See how we're doing. And then let's work on trying to get it back, getting it back down to 70% and back down to 50% and getting back down to a, a realistic level. Um, again, you, you don't have to have zero debt. That's not that's not necessary. But but you can't have 120% debt to GDP. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And it's going to cause 
so many problems down the road uh, for, you know, for people like myself that are in their 40s. Uh, you know, you, you know, you you think about, OK, I want to retire one day, hopefully in 20, 25 years. Um, yeah. What, where, where's Social Security going to be at that point? Because the, the debt's going to be so ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're talking about getting up to 50 trillion dollars, you know, 60 trillion dollars in national debt. Um in the in that in the next you know 10 15 20 years i mean it, it'll get to a point where where again like i said with those unfunded liabilities you know they the government won't be able to fund those liabilities those unfunded liabilities such as social security and therefore those entitlements will get cut back and they'll get cut back severely and it'll leave people you know basically in in a bad very bad spot so um so like I said, just something to think about. So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I would really love to hear people's comments on this. So if you have, so if you have some comments, you have some thoughts, please make sure to, to leave them below. But, uh, you know, now, you know, if, if I'll just kind of wrap it up at this point. So if you, if you like the video, uh, give me a big thumbs up, make sure to like it, subscribe. That always helps the channel. Uh, be sure to go and check out the, uh, the bankernextdoor.com and make sure to follow us. We are on YouTube, Rumble and all major podcast platforms. And I wish everybody a happy and safe New Year's. And like I said, check out some of the other videos I'm about to post. I, I will have a year end recap video that I'll post shortly. And uh, hopefully everybody will uh, enjoy that. But, uh, but happy New Year everyone.